Do we need to put something underneath your um, stuff over there so that we don't hear the... Why do I feel like though I am the kindergartner in this class? <laughs> you are the kindergartner. No I don't understand. I like to have things in my hands and stuff around me at my table. You're the kindergartner? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kindergartner throwing up them gang signs. <laughs> That's amazing. So apparently I'm not allowed to have a pen in my hand, so I have to behave. No, you can have a pen. Well, okay, but I sometimes uh, I like to tap, and Rob gives me dirty looks from the other side of the uh, quarantined table. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need any more negative reviews. <laughs> we have plenty of reviews to go around. So um, how's every, how is everyone's vacation? <laughs> Are we still on it? Are we recording? <laughs> yeah. Is oh, are on? we? Is oh this my thing god! On? I listened to the bloopers the other night. The bloopers. <laughs> you know the blooper reel we had with all the bad edits and stuff yeah. that you put up on mm-hmm. Hair Rebel. I about pissed my pants. <laughs> that shit was funny. I mean, some of it was goofy, but it was shit and funny. <sighs> we got to do more of that. Another bloopers. <laughs> that was my chair. <laughs> sure. Sure, it was. Yeah. Uh huh. That's what everybody says. Yeah, but if you want to listen to bloopers out there. Uh, pair of fans you should you can hit us up a pair of babble you'll like it it was funny is it do you find that when you listen to that stuff you forget all about like those things even happening and then you hear it and you're like oh my god some of it yeah some of it clicks back and i go oh i know exactly what i was thinking when i said that or you know like when we screwed up those the beginnings when we were trying to do what we were trying to do um, we didn't know ever how to start the podcast and we still don't but now we just i mean i think we got it down to a science now we just we just start Turn on the <laughs> record button and yeah. we go. But we would always used to pretend like we didn't know if we were recording or not. Oh, so when we obviously, don't know. So <laughs> at least I knew because well, I pressed the not, Well, yeah, and if you don't talk, we don't. Yeah. We, you know, we're going down with the ship. Are you going to be mad on. if I post this picture? What picture? <laughs> you look very upset in it. <laughs> There's probably a reason for that. <laughs> pro- oh, post it. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You're like, Mm-mm. we're here again. It's Mm-mm. only been five Mm-mm. months. No. Well, I'm just trying to like up our social media a little bit here because, you know, we were like disappeared. We did disappear. Like we were in the woods in a forest and then we just disappeared. <laughs> and we didn't disappear because of COVID. Nobody could not, find us. Not what people thought they were going we to say. Yeah. We weren't quarantined. No. We actually hugged. We went to the gyms. We worked mm-hmm. out. We drank together. We shared food. And then we I mean, got lost. finger foods. And we got lost in the forest. For, and we got lost in a forest. For so, and we're not we're not sick, so yeah. I don't know. Conspiracy theories abound. I mean, I don't know what happened to us, but we we were gone for a while. Now we're back. Mm-hmm. Sort of. We'll see. No, we like, are back. I feel like this happens oh. a lot. Somebody we found us. Back? <laughs> Where we get lost and we come back, but this time it wasn't. Don't we have our an fault. episode on it? It wasn't our fault this time. It wasn't our fault no. this time. It was a worldwide pandemic. <laughs> Worldwide, not we have just a valid excuse this time. <laughs> no, we had, oh, well, <clears throat> all the other ones were valid too. We had yeah. a valid excuse, but we have proof, I guess. This time, oh, this, is this like bringing a doctor's note to work saying, Look, yeah. really, I was sick? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really did have a sick note. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't go to work for two weeks. Nice, yeah, but not then really. I had an antibody test and they said it wasn't COVID, so. I feel like every single person I know that thinks that they've had COVID and has had an antibody test, we've all come back negative. So who do we know that's COVID? I don't know anybody that actually nope. had it. I know lots of people that think they had it. Nope, I don't know anybody. But 
Rob, you know anybody? Not personally. Okay. Well, we're still socially distancing mm-hmm. in this makeshift studio. I know. It sucks. I can't poke at you like I normally poke I at know. you when I get like into my rants. Well, and it's weird because like I, I don't know how you guys, it probably doesn't affect you the same way, but like I like to hug people. <laughs> She's a hugger. And I can't even like hug anyone because it's just like people freak out. Ghost hugs. It's very, uh, it's very hard right now. Almost as hard as if you were lost in the woods. Or hugging a tree. Well, yeah. I think being lost in the woods is worse. Lost in the woods? Have you, have you guys ever been lost in the woods? No. No. Have you ever been camping to the point where you were scared in the middle of the night thinking something was going on out there? Nope. Never really went camping. I'm not talking about glamping. You never went camping? Glamping. Just glamping. Just, well, because oh, I've only camped. I've only camped in like state parks. Oh. Not like off-beaten trails, you know. So what not I mean? national parks. Mm-mm. State parks can be just as bad. State parks only. Does it make you feel better? Well, I feel like they're smaller, and there's more people in them. Okay. So what are we talking about in this episode of Parababble? Oh, is this Parababble? <laughs> yeah. This is Paramissing. This is Parababble <laughs> with Jeff, Allison, Rob. <laughs> Rob as himself. Yes. Yeah, and we're back. We're recording an episode tonight mm-hmm. about all the people that go missing in national parks and forests. Yes. Because this, I guess, is a real thing. Yeah. Under strange so. circumstances. I don't know. I watched a whole documentary on it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Did you get scared? Um, no. That's it was good. weird. You think it was weird? Well, I was telling Rob about this because we were having a chat before you came mm-hmm. to the show tonight. Um, that when I was researching this stuff, I called my dad because my dad's been hunting for 40 years on like the same mm. area. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, like, have you ever been scared? Like, has anything ever spooked you while you've been out there? You know, do you, what do you think about all this? Do you think people are missing for real? And he said that he found it to be disorientating, even though he knows that plot of land really well. Like, sometimes he'll get turned around somewhere, even though he knows, like, he's been there for all right. these years. He knows it very well. But one little thing will happen, and you'll get turned around, and it's like you have to reorientate yourself to, like, oh, that's where this is. Or sometimes, like, he'll come across something that he doesn't remember seeing before, but he knows he probably has seen it. Makes sense. And um, he said sometimes you do feel like there's something watching. Well... Do you think you feel that way because you're in such an enormous area and you're by yourself that something could be watching? That whole, you know, fear fear of, you know, just open space or like being in a dark room. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's definitely a possibility, so, you know. He doesn't think it's Bigfoot, though. Mm. He doesn't think that's the case. Uh, um, well. But you know what he did say, too? Because my dad's an avid hunter, and he said that there's been times when he has like you know shot a deer and he can see the deer clear as day it's like right there the deer will take off run three or four steps and then it takes you six hours to find it because you just it happens perception and depth and all that Mm -hmm. and he's been doing this for what 40 years 40 years so imagine probably even longer than that so imagine these people that we're going to talk about today who kind of go into the forest and they want to do some hiking or some camping and just generally recreational in these big national parks. Yep. And they could say they're doing it for this long, this long, but 
got people out there who know what they're doing are saying, you know, they can get disoriented. So imagine just the, the amateurs, you know, the novice to go out there, and then they end up getting lost in these forests. Right. But um, there's a couple things that can, you know, a couple things that could go wrong. It can go either two ways. Obviously, this is a show about anything, the unknown, and also factual. So we could start off with something about national parks that are just um, 81... 81 million acres of the U.S. is considered a national park, broken up. So that's a lot of woods, and that's a lot of hills, and that's a lot of creeks to be running through. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're toast. And they said it's like, what, up to like 1,600 people that have gone missing that they can't find? Right. And that doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't. Since they started what, right? Okay, so National Forestry started back in 1916 where they started keeping records. But the thing is, they do—they never kept records of the people that go missing. Right, because it was too much, mm-hmm. as uh, some of the documentaries and people were saying, the park rangers were saying that it's a pain in the ass. Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. do you know that when I was researching this, I went on the National Park website, and they do have a missing person database. But? It's like the NPS, like the National Park Service database. Right. So you can put the information in if you're mm-hmm. missing somebody, and you can search that. If you know that somebody is missing, so, so they've, come, they've come a little further. Yeah, in yeah. their in their. Uh, they must have got that one point four million dollars somewhere. Somewhere, but that's got to be spread out a long way. And a lot of these park rangers that you talk to, and these interviews, they just don't have the resources, and the manpower. And you got to think you got you have to do it either by hiking, um, four wheeling, helicopters, and how big. You know how big of a search is this going to be? I mean. And what case is bigger than the other case? We don't know, but when people go off, they end up missing. They take what? I'd say an average of five to ten days to look for them. If they have the amount of people, yes, they have um, different corps come in and they help set up and grid out patterns where these people were. And a lot of times they don't find anything because it's, I, I think it's, um, you know, these people get pulled away. I don't know what that was. It's the aliens. So before we really get into all of this stuff, I just want to ask you guys your opinion. If you think, I mean, somebody goes in unprepared, right? Like I read one story about some woman who was like going on like the hardest part of this Appalachian Trail and all she had with her was like beef jerky. I mean, do you think that if people go in unprepared that we should spend all these resources trying to find them when they disappear? Like, isn't that kind of like, it's your own fault? It is, but... It's like, you do it at your own risk. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but... Like, I'm sorry, you were a dummy and decided that you didn't need a jacket, (laughs) food, water. (laughs) It's just like they're trying to test themselves, right? I mean, I guess that, but then why did the taxpayers have to pay for that rescue? Because you decided that you wanted to test yourself. Taxpayers have to pay for a lot of stupidity. Yeah, we don't. uh, Those people don't ever think that far down the pipe. I mean, I feel like they should have to sign a waiver. Because they're, well, they probably. Like, you need all of these things. And if you don't have these things, we're not coming to get you. (laughs) Look, I watch Naked and Afraid every week. (laughs) And those guys <laughs> as smart as they are they're stupid and there's camera people around them and there's other medics around them within earshot and they can't keep their shit together so i don't know about someone going into a national park with like like you said beef jerky and i'm going to go to the top of this mountain i'll be good 
Yeah. Uh, I don't, I just don't get it. I mean, have, have you ever gone hiking? Like, I pack so much crap in my bag that it weighs, like, a ridiculous amount of weight. And half of the stuff in there I never even use. But it's like, well, you might. You might need that. You hiking? might need this. Absolutely. I used to hike all the time. You know I what I mean? I was a Boy Scout, too. So I've got thrown into situations where I've had to go out on my own. You were a Boy Scout. I was a Boy Scout. Rob, were you ever a Boy Scout? No. I was a Girl Scout. See? But we didn't do a lot of solo hikes. Um, well, for certain merit badges and stuff like that, you had to... Uh, what was it? We were given one matchstick. We were uh, given a pound, a half a pound of dynamite, hamburger meat, <laughs> hamburger meat, and the clothes on our back. Go. So we go up these hills in order to attain these merit badges or merit badges. At this one particular one was camping. We had to build a lean tune. We had to build a shelter. We had to know what type of plants we were eating. We had to uh, boil the water from the creek. You know that that kind of stuff doesn't happen nowadays. Well, no. It happens virtually. Yeah, because now parents would be like, you're not sending my kid up that hill with just a match and some hamburger meat. Right. There'd be some type of... (laughs) uh, We won't get political, but... um... (laughs) They'd be on FaceTime with their mom the whole time. Exactly. Now, Jimmy, make sure you take a left at the next turn. I'm on the GPS. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought we did cheat though. We had one of these. Uh, is it the iodine pills you drop in the water canteen and it oh, yeah. pures the water, purifies yeah. the water, so you can drink it. But uh, there's people out there. Even the, some of the the greatest skilled people who know a terrain or know what to do in a certain terrain, they can get crossed up. Yeah. Well, those people we're still coming for. You know, because accidents happen. Right. It's not like if you if you are you know an experienced hiker and you still take a spill and you wreck your ankle, we're coming in for you. Right. I'm talking about like the people that pair of shorts, just not... tank top, and yeah. a drink. Yeah. And we're going up the hill. Yeah. We'll be back tonight. Yeah. They read no. a book once and like right. thought that they could. Well, isn't that what society society is today? <laughs> They read it out. They can read it on the computer and be like, "Oh, I got this." Yeah, and so well, that's you just step like into it. Idiots using Ouija boards in all the wrong ways. Are we going in to save them? Well, if we can case study it, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Tim Shaw? <laughs> we can case study. <laughs> um, but the bigger the bigger idea, of this whole national park thing is, um, you have a lot of young people disappearing. Yeah, that's I think what Lots got to kids. me about this whole thing. Right. Yeah, right. It was the little kids like really young? Yeah, and toddlers. If you're a parent, you would probably be on this, and we'll see in some of these stories. These parents weren't that far away when their kids just like randomly bloop gone. Mm-hmm. Where where they go? I mean, they're a hundred feet, two hundred feet away, and you look back and they're gone. Um, that's what's alarming, and what's alarming about it is if you want to take the uh, idea that the kid might have ran off. I'm pretty sure you're going to be looking over your shoulder or have him in front of you so you don't lose him or her. And the if it's an animal attack, that kid's going to scream. There's going to be some type mm-hmm. of scream, I, I believe. If uh, you know he's getting torn apart, I hate to be graphic about it, but no, nah, he's getting torn apart, you're going to hear that. But when these kids just disappear silently... Well, I asked my... So talked to my dad about this again last night and I was talking to him specifically about like the animal attacks and I mentioned that you know mm-hmm. I don't you think there'd be something mm-hmm. that would happen as a result of something like that but he made a good point is that if animals are going in to specifically try to kill something to eat it 
Right. They're going to do that in the quickest way possible. And that is usually like by the back of your neck. They're going to break your neck. You're dead. Like, quick. They're not going to maul you while you're trying to like get away and... Okay, in a percentage of that, okay. I can agree with that Especially because these are little kids. So, I mean, how hard would it be to just grab something and that's right. it? But still, um, like, in a lot of these things, cases like that, like kids or whatever, where they just disappear out of nowhere, it's, there's no like blood or any anything like that found. It's just like they were never there. For the strange cases, yeah. yeah. It was like they were there one second and then... Huh. Well, you guys saw that documentary. Did you see on there about how the eagle could carry something that weighed up to 30 pounds? 30 pounds? Yeah. Okay. Like a two-year-old um, doesn't even weigh that. 30 pounds. I would think that you would hear that. And if your kid is that far away that you can't hear, like, the wings of an eagle coming down or a child grabbing them and screaming or fighting or kicking or something, I just can't see. I mean, how fast does it happen? I think that's the... I mean, I'd say, like, okay, maybe in one case you could say that, but 1,600 cases they got here going, still counting. Right. And it's, like, the same thing every single time. And you take an average kid, what, 50, 60 pounds, depending on his age? And how does it always happen when no one else is looking for even just that split second? Well, that's what we're here to discuss, right? I mean, we can't – I don't think there's really any mystery to it. Even though there, there's this, um, we're, what we're talking about in uh, the movie was uh, David Polides, Polides, uh 411 Missing, right? Um, he documented over, I don't know, thousands of cases, but he put, a, he put a documentary together and explained some of the strangeness that goes on in these hillsides with no explanation. And there's really never any answer. They either find somebody their clothes, artifacts, anything like that, or they don't. And I think we edge on the they don't as maybe it's supernatural. Maybe some, I mean, how does, how do you disappear like that without a trace? See, I think sometimes, especially in the cases of the adults, maybe some of those people want to disappear. Well, that's funny because we're doing our research. It came up, a lot of uh, um, lines came up like how to disappear. You know, how do, you, how do you make yourself disappear? In a kid, you know, that could be that could be something totally. There could be something malicious going on with parents who don't want their child or, you know, they're not stable, but they're out there and we're going to make it happen and no one will see it. And I'm less, I'm less on board with that idea, but more on board of somebody just being done with their life and wanting a fresh start. And what better way to do it than to have everyone you know think you're going into the woods to, for camping or hiking for a week. And then you just go out like the other way or you leave two days earlier and go out <laughs> than you told everybody you were going to. But what's your backup plan when you get into society? Well, I think it's easier to disappear nowadays. I mean, you know, you just get off the grid. You just have cash. Don't use a credit card. Don't go to an ATM. Don't get on social media. I mean, there's plenty of space in this country. Like, look at Alaska. You could go live in Alaska and no one would even know you built a house somewhere. That sounds so nice and refreshing. Can you do a show on that? Oh, anyway. I bet uh, you, you <laughs> wouldn't have to worry about COVID then, too. You know? It's up there. But you'd feel more comfortable not getting it there. But you know what I mean? I don't think Absolutely. it would necessarily be easy, but I do think it's it's doable. Oh, anything's doable if you put your mind to it. if you're going to look at all the theories behind this, I don't think we can just discount that as being, you know, every single person is definitely missing for some 
yeah obscure way true let's okay so let's just stick with the idea that someone ends up missing whether it be a, you know it's a serial killer hey that was one of my theories <laughs> i knew it was gonna be <laughs> what, I was, but, okay when i was researching this i knew rob i was like it's gonna find that it angle. was like mental telepathy between you and i we're gonna get that in there there's a serial killer <laughs> you could i thought about that too because that popped up and i'm like all right, are you that hard up to go sit in the mountains somewhere and wait? Now, I'm thinking a serial killer in the sense of, like, someone from the city going out to the country who wants to knock somebody off. That's a lot of work. In my book, bullshit, I ain't doing that. I'll just go knock someone off in a city or a suburban area. But to go sit out in the, uh, these hills are just monstrous. And you can get lost in there very easy, and you could very easily take somebody out if you're out there picking. If you're on a trail, you know, that's somewhat populated but not enough, you could take someone out. But I think that's a, that's a lot of work. It's just, And then what? You get your rocks off, you, you hack them up, do whatever you do to them, and then you just leave them and you just wait and come down the road again later? Well, Rob, why did you, what yeah. made you think about serial killer when you were doing this stuff? Well, it's just, I mean, I obviously don't think one serial killer is responsible for all of them, but I mean, it could could very well be. I mean, if you think about it, if you're a serial killer, it's uh, easy to to make it look like something else did it. Easy to get rid of the body. No one's around. Well, true, but... What if you're familiar, a serial killer that's familiar with the, the All right, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's call in the hillbillies. Oh, the mountain men? Mountain men. Hmm. They could be out there. I, like you said, if, if no one knows you're out there, <laughs> then you could, you could pick off people left and right. But why children? They're more tender. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't guess know. it depends I mean, on like why, why they would be doing it, you know? I mean, you got to think that that's a possibility. You know, people just wanting to disappear is a possibility. People going out there for the sake of committing suicide. You know, I this made me think of, like, the suicide forest in Japan. Like, right by, what, Mount Fiji? They find bodies all the time there. Yeah, yeah in various states of decomposition. Intense. But there's no animals there either. And these bodies just decompose. And sometimes they don't even find the bodies. Why are there no animals there? It's weird because... I, I don't know. They were talking about how it's like built on like lava from the oh, last so time that Mount Fuji, okay. ex, you know, exploded. That that's how it was formed. Yeah, but those the people who go up there have intent, and then there's mm-hmm. the people who go up there to explore, to see why people are going up there to commit suicide. Right, but maybe some of these people had the same intent. It could be. It could be. I mean, not everybody. I'm not saying that every single person that goes in there is trying to do that, but out of out of 1,600 people. Yeah, I'm sure some of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And like you said, mm-hmm. I mean, like your father said too, and any hunter or avid outdoors person knows that you can get lost pretty easily. Hence, that's why we have compasses. And hence, we have all other stuff, stuff like GPS and stuff like that that help us out. But still, you can, you can really disappear if you wanted to going back to the original statement Mm -hmm. and also with this this whole serial killer thing so in yellowstone they have the zone of death did you guys read about this Mm -mm. it's in idaho it's towards the tail end of um 
Yellowstone. It's uh, 50 square miles and has it has a purported loophole in the Constitution. A criminal could theoretically get away with any crime up to murder in this area because there's no real jurisdiction to it. So if somebody knew what they were doing and people were just, hey, it's Yellowstone. Let's go over here. It doesn't look like they've traveled. You know, people can people can get away with a lot of things. Or you could take people there. Let's not even forget that. You could just take people there and dump bodies, too, if you wanted to. But, again, I still think these, these hills are just, you know, look, we're on the East Coast. Look, when we start heading down, you know, going through the Allegheny Mountains and stuff, you look at that and you go, wow, it's massive. Think about these national parks that are just endless. You know, yeah, we go through the mountains and we're good and like, oh, cool. But I'm sure even if we got put up in the, these mountains over here on our, our coast, we would think that's massive to us because we're so small in this universe. But you go into a national park where it's just miles and miles and miles and miles of this. Who knows what's going to come out? And I don't even know how all these park, uh, park rangers handle all of the, how far they have to go, what's their distance, what's their coordination, you know. Where is all this? And they're always saying that they're shorthanded, you know. Well, you know that they're not venturing off trails looking for people because there's been stories about people that have been found 500 feet off a trail. I mean, it's... Right. What are you going to do? It's exactly what you said. When you have a ton of area and you need to search it fast, Mm -hmm. you're not going to go traipsing through, you know, backcountry. You're going to stick to what the roots are. Right. And that... There's going to be people out there, like you're saying, Rob, that are just adventurous. They're just going to be like, you know what? This is the trail. I know where the trail's at. We're going to go this way. We'll follow the sun. But uh, one of the articles I was reading, people don't know how to estimate the time that they have, even with watches, and the, the time that they have and the distance they've traveled. And what happens is they get caught, and it's late. It's dark. They didn't, they didn't manage their time well. And now they're either halfway down a valley or halfway up to the heavens and they don't know how to get back. Yeah, well, just when you get lost in general, because again, talking to my dad last night and he was telling me the story about this guy who got lost in the woods, who wasn't with their hunting party, but his hunting party was like hanging out on the front porch of the hunting lodge. And they, they heard this guy screaming in the woods. So they started yelling back to him, and then they're beeping the horn of the cars, and the guy's following it, and they're you know trying to talk him so that he gets to where they are. And my dad said that when this guy came out of the woods, he looked like he had been beat up, like just scratches all over his face. Like you could tell he went through bushes. Right. And basically, he had fallen asleep. He was hunting with his buddies. He had fallen asleep. They went to like move on to the next area. He was sound asleep. They're calling to him. They couldn't find him. He woke up, you know, a couple hours later, had no idea where he was or how to get back and started panicking. And from a couple of the different accounts that I read is that when you start to panic because you're lost, you don't know where you are. It's like you don't think straight anymore. Right. You're done. You start doing things that you would never, ever do if you were thinking logical. Right. So between that and hypothermia does the same thing to you. You know, you lose your sense of orientation and reality. It's like, I don't know, you know, does that account for what has happened to some of these people? You know, have they just gotten turned around somewhere and then just panicked? Absolutely. And, I mean, it can happen to anybody. Obviously, experienced people have died doing all of this stuff. Um, Did you ever hear of paradoxal undressing? 
No. This was a uh, <laughs> this, this sounds, was a, this I don't know was if a I term know. done up by the doctors because I guess it's a condition. Once you start to have hypothermia set in. Oh, you start taking your clothes off. The heat. Yeah. You think you're mentally thinking, oh, I'm hot. Yep. I'm hot. You take your clothes off. I didn't know that's what it was called, but I have heard of that. Yeah. yeah. And go ahead, do that in the side of a mm-hmm. mountain when right. it gets down to 20 degrees at night or 30 degrees, and you're thinking you're hot. You're freezing. You're now out of clothes, which protect you somewhat. Um, who knows? Scent of animals could pick. They could pick that up. They could probably pick it up with clothes. But hey, if you're you know a 65 pound sack of meat, they're gonna find you. So that's another thing that they're concluding in a lot of these things is when these people start to get cold and misjudge their timing to get back down this hill, they start freezing. They don't have any stuff to start fires. Nothing. This is just like a day, a day walk to them. Well, that's kind of a good point because now that you're saying that, it kind of explains why they only might find a shoe yeah, or a jacket. A or, yeah. Well, here, it's funny you say that because my question was, as we didn't, did you guys catch any of that story about the uh, Alfred Bielharts, the five-year-old boy that disappeared out there? Yes, I did hear that one. Okay. So um, uh, they questioned it was supernatural or just inexperienced. Well, anyway... So this boy was um, bathing with his dad in the river, and his family was kind of upstream, and the boy wanted to go up and see the family. Now, what the dad and son had done, they had kind of drifted down the river a little bit. The boy wanted to go back up to where they originally entered the water, and it was less than 500 feet. And in that time span, they lost him. And they looked and tore everything apart. Uh, Dad... They re-stepped everything. They had um, all this help come in. They started searching for him. Nothing. He just vanished. No sounds, no nothing. You would think if he went into the river, you might see him. I don't know how deep this river was. It could have been a creek with rocks, for all we know. But now you have this this problem. You were saying um, he disappeared, and they could not find him. They did a search for, I believe it was like 10 days or something. So they finally um, ended up stopping the search and the park ranger and the investigators said he drowned. But there was no evidence of anything like that. And a day after they ended this whole thing, a couple was going through some of the trails and they saw a little boy that fit the description of Alfred. And there's a thing, it's called the devil zone up there. And they saw him, they went to look back, and he was gone. Now, is that supernatural? Is that uh, people looking at something, maybe they didn't get the right perspective, and they thought they saw a child, but they said they saw a boy. <clears throat> it was actually, what was it? They are about six miles away from where the actual incident occurred. So... By the time the authorities got there and all the calls were put in, they put another search party in, nothing. So they just wrote this case off as boy drowned. And what these people saw, they really didn't have any answer to it. So I don't know, you know, you said that, you know, animals could drag off or you see like clothes and stuff there. My question to this was when these clothes were found, um, were there any remains in them? Or was it just the clothes torn up and everything else was gone? That's, you never hear, you never really get into that type of gory detail, which I personally would love to hear. Because it would, well, because well, you're yeah, sitting, but you're sitting in your head you going, well, is there half a torso? Is there a face? Is right, there this? Is right. there that? 
No, you normally just hear remains. Well, with um, there was another story with this uh, uh, young boy that disappeared. They did find remains, bits and pieces. They found a sneaker. They found a half-eaten sweatpant. They found his shirt and his over um, his sweatshirt pulled off and put somewhere else. Was it an animal? Did the torso go one way with the shirt and the legs went the other way? I mean, you don't get that explanation because if it was just his shirt off, put somewhere else, and they found fibers and hairs that matched with no remains, then I'd start to question other things. Because an animal, you would think, if they're going to eat everything, you got to think, all kinds of animals will be out there to eat them. Lions, you know, eagles, vultures. Bears. Bears. They're going to eat this, but... No blood. No blood. Mm-hmm. Okay, the now you have a sweatshirt sitting here. Well, what did he do? Did he pull it off? Is well, this going to that, that... I know, but we talk about this, because we've talked about this before, like with Bigfoot cases and things like that, and right. how come you never find... Like, how often have you gone walking through the woods and you don't ever come across a carcass of a deer? But you know that there's a ton of deer. You know that deer get killed and eaten by things all the time. But when's the last time you saw one in a forest? Mm-mm. You know, and I think it's different because we see that stuff as like roadkill on the side of the road and it's there for three days and we're like, oh my God, that's, right. I can't believe that's still there. That doesn't happen in like the forest. That's not how it really works. Like you're not just going to come across these carcasses all the time of all the dead things that die. Right. So it's like, well, what, why would we expect to see remains in every single case? I just, I, I'm just looking at it from... Like you've seen Tiger King. Right? You know that... No, I turned it off after three episodes. You know that lions can eat bones. A little, uh, what is it, fish oil? Olive oil? What did they put on it? What did she put on it? Whatever. Made the husband. It's a whole different story. She did it. She definitely did it. I, all I know is I didn't watch all you of it. You only watched three episodes and you know she did it. <laughs> Bitch is crazy. Um, <clears throat> to me, though, we're not there to see what it's like. Right. So my head always will go to the, the, the deepest and farthest reach. Well... There's clothes everywhere. Is there pieces of meat in there? They're not going to eat every single thing. Well, and didn't I read somewhere or hear on like one of the documentaries or something too that bobcats will bury whatever it is that they have? Like if they think that what their kill is in jeopardy of being like taken, they won't leave it out in the open. They'll bury it and they'll come back for it later. Yeah, I did hear that one too. I mean, but don't they drag mm-hmm. them up in the trees and eat them too? I mean, uh, there's certain animals that drag their I'm sure prey. That, the, yeah. their... I'm sure that that's possible. But, you know, I mean, like, that's the thing. We don't really understand how, how it works. wild animals are right. in their habitat. It's because we don't see this. Right. Yeah, we see them eat. You know what we see? We see, we see wild the kingdom. We see yeah, the, the... and we see, the, we see yeah. National Geographic. Yeah. They're chasing down the zebra <laughs> or the elk, and they chew on it, and then everyone hoards on it, and then, like, okay. And then we're over here, we're looking at this. You don't ever see, you know, you'll see carcasses later, but... We're not following one around all the time to figure out what's going on. But the first story that you were just talking about where the the kid disappeared in the in the water is really, I think, like, those are the kinds of stories that if anything is going to have some kind of supernatural or paranormal connection, it's there. Because, I don't know, did you guys look at the story about Douglas Legg at all? No. So mm-hmm. he was that eight. That one I missed. He was eight years old. And this happened in um, the Adirondack Forest Preserve. And this was back in 1971. So what really got me about this story is that he was there with his whole family and they had a cabin in this preserve that had been like the family's cabin. 
Like this kid knew the area, like the back of his hand. He'd been going there his whole entire life. They used to, you know, say that he was like, you know, little, the little like woodsman. Like he knew, Mm -hmm. like he had survival skills. He knew how to get around. It was not an issue for him. He'd been there forever. This was his family's cabin. So the story goes that he and his uncle and some of his other family members were going to go on a hike. And his uncle came across a patch of poison ivy and told Douglas, like, go put long pants on because he had shorts on. It was Mm -hmm. summer. And it was like, you know, go back to the cabin, get your pants on and come back because he didn't want him to get poison ivy. So he watches this eight-year-old Douglas heading directly back to the cabin. He never makes it there and no one ever finds him. They search everywhere for him. He's never seen again. And nothing is found of his. No shoes, no, no. Just poof. Nothing. Just disappeared. And he knew the area. So it's not like he wandered off the trail somewhere. Lost. And Yeah. This was like. I mean, how far can you go in those few minutes? Exactly. Not and it's far. like he's heading yeah. in the right direction. Like they weren't that far from the cabin initially. Right. Yeah, see, those are the strange ones. That it's like, you know, something odd is definitely it's, off. But some right. of them you can see like, oh, yeah, I definitely could see something, you know, that makes sense that could have happened. Like they were inexperienced. They got lost. They ran Right. Through, they never they went died. through here. Yeah. They're, you know, go back to the car. And next thing you know, the, you know, someone's lost. This is their property. They know what's going on. Right. But was this a Wendigo? Did it come out of the woods and maybe it was I, a Wendigo? You know, the kid. The super, the supernatural end of this is, I'm gonna stick with this one because it it, it makes sense because we can never find a Bigfoot, right? Right. Vortex, thin veil, something opens, something closes, something goes in, something comes out. Devil's triangle. If you believe in it, and these things are real and, you know, real is, you know, quotations, but there's only so many explanations that can happen, like in this, this, this kid's situation. He could have run, very easily ran through a, uh, some type of um, veil or a vortex and boop, gone. You know, just like these people end up in these mountains, you know, yeah, their clothes are there. There's not a stitch of bone or anything around and... Okay, where did they go? Or they just disappear like that little boy did. There's nothing. Just like this Alfred. You would have heard something, you would think. Quietly. Gone. It, I, I will subscribe to that until I die and get to the other side and say, hey, <laughs> you know, what's the key to this? Because, you know, down here on planet Earth, we have like all these sightings of creatures, uh, Bigfoot or Yetis or whatever you want to call it. And then you have these kids that disappear, these people actually disappear, but there's no trace, especially in isolated situations, in isolated areas. If you're living in a city, hey, have at it. So I don't know, you might not know this off the top of your head, but I know you've done a lot of research about Skinwalker Ranch. And I thought that, does the property there back up to some kind of like forest or... Well, it, it's a it's a basin, like it's a whole, the one whole side of it is um, all mountainous. And then it's a whole like plain where the, it's farmland. And the the idea underneath all of that, that there was uh, two different uh, Indian tribes there at war. And settling grievances, the soil is bad, no longer should anything be there. And people come in there and 
and bad things happen. Right. But, but they think there's a vortex there, don't they? Absolutely, because in one of the, uh, <clears throat> uh, reading one of the uh, stories about it was there was the, the stench of an animal that we've all heard, you know, hunters say when they s- smell something or it's Bigfoot, they've, they've kind of like attached that idea to it that it's, 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 it's a really bad smell. So they were smelling that out on the ranch. And next thing you know, you know, they, they feel the, like your dad said, that you're feeling like somebody's watching you. Or you're watching, they said that you're watching a creature at a distance running and they follow it. It just vanishes into thin air, especially in open areas. Right. Well, I'm kind of trying to, I'm, I'm stretching here and I know I am. But if the land can be bad somewhere, I mean, could the land potentially be bad anywhere that had anything happen land could be bad anywhere well that's kind of what i'm trying to get at like if all of these people are concentrated in certain areas what's what's the paranormal uh creed somewhat land never forgets i mean especially when you're hearing these stories about things just vanishing out of thin air i mean we've done a show about the wendigo and the algonquin folklore of you know it coming and taking things out because it's angry that things are in the forest that aren't supposed to be. Right. Do these vortex move? Are they? I don't know. Portable in a sense. Are they? Are they just? Or magnetized to that particular part of land? I'm thinking that they're in that particular part of the land because there would probably be more crazy things going on. Because Rob, you've looked like into like around. the parallel dimension stuff too, right? And like yeah. the mm-hmm. being yeah. able to blip in and out. Yeah, that was one of the things that came by when I looked up like theories into these missing 411 cases is uh, people said that you know maybe it's just like a uh, like an inter- interdimensional portal that just pops up person gets sucked in it portal closes they're gone that's it absolutely there's uh my notes here but what's interesting about that is if you think about it if these portals are opening up like that and sucking people up are they random or are they specifically controlled? Because isn't it kind of funny if they're opening up in these woods that they're opening up in these one specific spot where this one person where somebody is. just happens to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're gone instantly. So that when somebody turns around, they don't see their friend there anymore. Or are they opening and closing all the time and mm-hmm. we just don't even realize because there isn't anybody there for it to affect. Yeah. Or are they like in specific spots in the and woods? And when, when have you heard a story of Someone coming back and saying, you're never going to believe this, but me and my buddy were out hunting and he just vanished into thin air and I, I watched him go. He, I turned around yeah. and he was gone. That's the thing. Nobody ever sees them. It's always one person reporting it back. I could be wrong. There probably are stories out. Let me rephrase that before people get all crazy. Um, there probably are stories of people just, my buddy was over here about 10 yards from me. I looked over. Look back, grab a bear, and he was gone. Well, abduction stories are always like that, aren't they? They are. They are. So is it... I mean, fire in the sky, aren't all those guys like he was there and then he wasn't? Right. Can you be on the edge of a interdimensional vortex and where you're sitting six feet from me, be at the edge of it, and nothing happens to you? I mean, how big... I, I don't know. Close encounters. Look at them lay off home and they went and people are just coming back and forth. I, I really think that there has to be some supernatural involved in it a little bit. 
And I know that sounds like a really big conspiracy theorist talk, but... Well, it's you, so... To me. Well, yeah, it's always conspiracies. <laughs> Somebody's up to no good. The government. That was another one that I saw. It's all government. Well, They're what, doing it. What, what would what, the government have to do with a five-year-old kid? And how would they be doing it? And these cases date back to the 1800s, so they've been doing it for a while then. Well... The government knows a lot, and I don't want to get off topic, but the government knows a lot about Skin Ranch, Skinwalker Ranch and the testing, and there's theories that this, this is definitely government land that has been experimented on, and they've set things in place for uh, um, experimenting. You know, they got the UFOs, they got orbs, they got all these different things that are, you know, a paranormal uh, dream right there. Smoking dogs in trench coats. No. I mean... Well, yeah, we're definitely messing with some heavy stuff if that's true. But the whole thing is, you so you're on the side of, you know, some mountain in Yellowstone. That's a good place to drop a nice little black hole, interdimensional hole. Let's see if anyone runs this way. And, Maybe. Yeah, I guess. Why not? It could. I mean, look. Look at the stuff we find out every day at our lives. And if you really follow different sciences and stuff like that, there's a lot of craziness going on that, we're finding out, like, after the fact. So this whole thing has been discussed, like, obviously through documentaries, through, you know, it's been on, like, what, Coast to Coast a bunch of times. They've talked about yeah. it. So what is the working theory right now? There is no one theory. That's what's crazy to There's me. There's no one theory, right? <laughs> I looked it up. I have a whole list here. That's what's crazy to me, is that it's a lot of, like, speculation. There's I got a whole stacks. list. You got, a, you got a whole list? Yeah. So serial killers, of course, okay. or just humans, like in domestic situations or whatever. Take take somebody out yeah. there and wipe them off. Mm -hmm. Bigfoot. Okay. Giant bipedal bear creatures, which are something that someone has witnessed. UFOs or aliens, of course. Nature spirits, demons, the fae, maybe a puck wedgie, who knows. It's always the demons. Interdimensional portals, government conspiracies, and then... Another thing I started finding a little bit of information on is the are, are these other creatures that people have reported seeing they're like almost like they're invisible with like saran wrap like the predator basically so like That's a what camouflage they're saying. But yeah you can like camouflage but you can kind of see them That's got government written all over it Yeah it's the <laughs> the predator that you know those that truck that's going up the hill with like 10 55 gallon drums of like toxic stuff it blows over the side and next thing you know all this weird shit is happening on the land yeah yep i don't it, it, okay so what did we just name everything that could be possibly wrong with every other scenario in the paranormal field mm -hmm. you know oh yeah it went through here it could be circle it could be this it could be that it's that's it, so we attached everything to the unknown because mm -hmm. we don't have the answer so we went right. And we put a list of things together, not us, but people. There's literally a dozen things in well, this list. Well, <laughs> because people in general don't like when things can't mm -hmm. be explained. Oh, yeah, it drives people crazy. Yeah. I mean, you guys know that just from our own paranormal field. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying you can't explain it and leaving it at the fact that it can't be explained, people will, you know, overthink it, analyze it to, like, the utmost degree just to say that it is something. You know, it's this, it's that, it's you whatever. You have to give it, it an answer. It can't just be unexplained. Well, that's like when you're looking at a ghost picture or you see something down a hallway. Your mind is trying to put a picture, a face, something to 
something we can relate it to right we under our understandability but i think because of our experience our collective experience it's easier for us to just go nobody knows <laughs> nobody does and be know. okay with that yeah. i mean that's, <laughs> I guess that's the easy way out <laughs> But it's the most logical way out, too, when you think about it, because there isn't enough evidence to say one of those doesn't count more than the other. Okay, so if we were to sit here and just take a little mini survey, supernatural or is it something um, real that's happened, physical, when these people get lost? So in my opinion, if it's a child, I'm more open. No child. Yeah, because I have to separate them. Why do you have to separate? Because a three-year-old disappearing is not the same to me as a 61-year-old person who's been hiking, you know. I can go back to that five-year-old. I mean, I feel like kids, especially kids, it's easier to say that that could be something unexplainable because they are kids. And it doesn't make sense to me that some kid would just randomly Walk walk away from their parent. I mean, I don't know, like when you were a kid, it's like if you ever tried to get lost, like it was scary. You didn't want to get lost. Um, I mean, well. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got kids. About you've me. got kids. <laughs> How many times have your kids ever like run off by themselves somewhere where you're Never. like, that's what I'm saying. Like, how logical is it to think about that a three-year-old would leave their grandparent, their parent, their like everybody they were with and just randomly go off into the woods for no reason? They saw a bunny rabbit. That's hard. Yeah, but you don't even do that at that age. You'd be like, Mom, Mom, look, look. You're not going to go and do that yourself. Okay, so for a child, you would have to say... I feel like if there's anything supernatural or paranormal going on, I would think it has to do more with the kids. Because I think adults are just... A lot of people that get lost either want to get lost or they're ill-prepared and do stupid things. I find it harder to believe that something supernatural or paranormal would be coming and taking adults. Well, there's adults that would just... And they too. still find stuff from adults, but they don't typically find anything from the kids. It's weird. Well, what, what about the people who just completely vanish? Everything. But I think that sometimes people make that decision that that's what they want to do. Okay, so you're saying, you're going to say that it's not happening... These people, like you're know, grown adults, like these joggers. There's a story about this uh, Amy that went jogging and she just went gone. Yeah, I find it harder to believe that something paranormal or supernatural happened. I mean, I don't know. You guys, have you been watching that show on Netflix? Because I feel like everybody's been watching Netflix since the quarantine happened. Mm-hmm. They just redid Unsolved Mysteries. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Awesome. Yeah. So the first season's out. You've seen it, Rob? I've seen most of them. Did you see the episode about the House of Horror? In France? No. I so seen that one. basically this like guy who was like a noble, like had noble family history. And I know this is a little off topic, but just follow me along here for a second. So he comes from like this noble background. He's like a count. Um, basically, he ends up killing his whole family, they think, and burying them like underneath the house. And he goes to this very elaborate whole scenario to make this happen. And... He does it in such a way that it's really hard for the cops to like associate what happened with him because for the whole entire time, there's like eight or nine days that go by that before they realize that something's up with this family being missing. Right. So he's got like a way big head start on them. So by the time they, they find the bodies and they make the connection that he's the only one not there, it's already been like a week. 
So then they start backtracking to find out where this guy is. And he's leaving, like, these breadcrumbs, like, these clues. Like, he goes to an ATM in one particular town, so they know he was there. He rents a hotel room in another particular town, and they know he's there. And when they start to put all these clues together, they're finding that he's basically going back through his life. He's stopping at places that had some kind of importance to him and his family, almost like he's making this pilgrimage. The last place he stops is in the middle of this, like, wooded area, this forest. He parks his car. He takes one last look at a camera on, like, CTV, so they catch him. And he's got what looks like a long rifle in a, in a bag. And he goes walking off into the woods. And he's never seen or heard from again. So did he go in the woods to kill himself because he's been on this pilgrimage and he felt so much remorse about what happened to his family? Or did he have intent of killing everyone and disappearing and starting a whole new life from the beginning? But they searched for him for days in those woods. Helicopters, like search teams, not a single bit of him was ever found. And he has not been seen since. Is it possible to do? Well, yeah. That guy did it. <laughs> That's a stumper. Unsolved mystery. You're going to go home and watch it now. I know yeah, you Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that was going on. It's all subtitled, <laughs> though, because it's the only one that's subtitled because it's in French. Oh, that's all right. Um, but it made me think, like, if somebody really wanted to, like, start their life this, over. Just staying with that thought for a minute, this guy knew exactly what he was doing. Right. I mean, every bit of the story, he knew where it was going, how it was placed out, and they put it all together. Right. But the last piece of it, they just... And you know what? If he went into this into this forest or whatever, and he had a gun on him, was that for protection? I'm going to say yeah. Because if they never found him, nor or the gun, actually, or the shotgun. They know that that particular gun is very similar to the one that killed every member of that family. So he took the evidence with him. Uh-huh. Or... Or... But that's the thing, you know, is he And if he did kill himself, he's going to be found. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. They would have came across something. Anything. Uh, Animals aren't going to eat that shotgun. And how many people do you think that might go into these, like, trails? Like I said, if I go in and I say, you know what, I'm going to be back on Friday. And if I'm not back on Friday, like, somebody needs to come looking for me because that's when I'm supposed to be at this particular place. But let's say I go in for two days. Let's say I go in Monday and Tuesday and then I'm... I hightail it out of there and I go somewhere else. I've already got a three, four day head start mm-hmm. on anybody that's looking for me. And now I've vanished into thin air. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Because we're not going to solve this one, huh? Well, what do you, but <laughs> so you're, you're saying there's more intent on these people when they disappear? I think for adults, yes. For adults, they're going there. Because kids, they're not. Kids are not going to do that. No. So the kids might be supernatural. That's my that's my feeling on it. What do you think, Rob? I think there's too many to like say either way. I'm sure some of them have like logical explanations to them, but maybe some of them don't. Some of them are very bizarre. The ones that are bizarre, uh, you know. Which a lot of them are. I I'm split because, like I said, I've watched the movie. Um, reading these stories and stuff and there's just like no real end answer unless they find DNA Mm -hmm. that can match up like that that's him you know well what was left of him there's hairs and skin or whatever Uh, the ones that really have no answer 
I, you know, I might just put it to the supernatural. I'm about a 50-50 right down the middle. Because yeah. you really can't, ex- like you said, even with the kids, you can't explain with parents and two sets of family, like two, two or three people in front, two or three or two in the back, and all of a sudden the kid's somewhere in the middle, but they look back and he's gone. How does that happen? There's like just an unsolved thing. Yeah. You know, it could be the animal or it could be this. So I, I split it right down the middle. You know, if they find if they find remains of a body, adult or kid, I mean, I'm going with, you know, this is definitely a reality thing. This is animals. Yeah, this something is, tragic happened. It's something tragic that yeah. happened. But if you just, like, disappear off the face of the planet, like, not ever to be found, I, I, I tend to lean towards, a little more towards the supernatural in the sense of, you know, interdimensional, vortex, whatever, smoking dogs, you know. It, it's too big and it's too vast. And I don't think we're at that level of capacity to understand truly how everything in this universe works, especially when it comes to science. Mm-hmm. So I, I go right down the middle on this. Even when I watched this, I watched it twice. I made my wife watch it with me the second time, and it was really interesting, and she really had no answers to it. And the second time I watched it, I said, it, that split me 50-50 on the second watch. I'm like, okay, well, okay. All right, it's, how? How does that happen? You know, but then you could, you could be in a mall talking to somebody, like a mom, that, and their kid's gone. You know, I, I had a really weird long long time ago this guy came in and he was my mom used to have um, mice going through her house and um this guy was pretty old but the point of this you know the story he's trying to explain to my mom he goes i let my cat out every night i open that door there is not any mice in my house okay nothing is so how do you think that mouse got in through the door that's the only way he goes my house is sealed he goes, I have pesticides in here, blah, 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 blah. So the moral of the story is something can happen and you're not going to see it. I was like, oh, okay. So you didn't see it happen. It just happened anyway. And like the kid, he's, where'd he go? Okay, well, how'd the mouse, mouse walk right by him? That's his theory. But I don't know. Supernatural. Supernatural animals. Supernatural That's animals? That's it. I don't, I don't, I don't stand on the... Solve the case. I don't stand on serial killers in the middle of nowhere. What if they're a park ranger serial killer? Well, hang on. Up, oh. Up. oh. Hey, they are out there a lot wow. alone. You just threw a twist in here. But I was just going to say, well, what if I met somebody or you met somebody or you were with someone for so long, like you said, and I was like, hmm, all right. This guy seems nice. This girl seems nice. And, hey, let's go camping. Let's go do this. Rob, why didn't you bring this up sooner? Just thought of it now. That would be like the ultimate. (laughs) Could you imagine? Like blending in. Yep. I mean, psychopaths are so good at like trying to make themselves seem normal. American Psycho. Just gets a job as a park ranger. Be like, oh, I'll, I'll lead the search out in that area where the body is. You know, there's an actual movie out there on Shutter. You know, it'd be interesting to see. If a park ranger has moved from different national parks. Right. Like maybe the heat gets too much. So then they transfer to another national park. And who's going to find these bodies? 
Well, they would know exactly where to put them, right? Exactly. Oh, see, now you well, really did just solve it. Well, we're, we're always solving our model show, right? <laughs> Sometimes it takes a little bit longer than, than others to solve. Sometimes it takes a while to fire up. That's the amazing. Mm-hmm. So, park rangers, it is. I think it's a, I think it's a serial killer who's posing as a park ranger. Could be. Yeah, he's blending into society. Yeah, and he's got he knows, a, He's got. He he's been knows, doing this for knows, fifty years. Knows what they're doing. He, he or she knows what to say about yep. the database and trying to get. There's not enough help. There's not this, there's not that, and you know what? They could very easily say, I've been in this forest for X amount of time. It's so easy to get lost. And the animals and predators that are out here, and all these inexperienced people that come up. Yep. Maybe they come across somebody on a trail that they think they might want to kill, and they tell Mm -hmm. them, oh, you got to see this spot. Hey, park ranger. Just go around, (laughs) and you got to go up this trail, and, you know, it's a mile and a half this way. Yeah. Oh... That is killer. So, park rangers. Rob, you're a genius. Sometimes. <laughs> Rob, wasn't your second career going to be a park ranger? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I think we got mm-hmm. we, we, we solved a lot here. So if you come across a park ranger with a campfire cooking some meat, you better make sure it's not... <laughs> Smile and be nice. <laughs> Offer some drinks. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, maybe somebody should really look into that. See, see if there's one particular ranger that's been just moving from park to park mm-hmm. to park for a couple of years. Yeah. Predators can only be within so many miles, whether it be children or anything. So, you need a job. Yeah. Go in. You're in the middle of the woods. You don't have to always be seen as a park ranger, right? But it makes sense. It's like the perfect cover. And You'd be is, a part of the investigation. Would, you could would, steer yep. it away from. That's what I'm saying. Who would question a park ranger on uh, like a witness relocation program? He can't live in the neighborhood within X miles of children or this, that, or everything else, and he's on the you know he's on a, a, a felony list. Well, I could be a park ranger. Who's really going to question that in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> Nobody. It's a park ranger. Nice work, Rob. This one's on you. Yeah, I mean, who was the serial killer that was like the choir? Guy at the church. BTK. Like. Yeah. I mean, hello. Who would have ever suspected that? Sometimes you don't suspect what's right in front of you. Hide in plain sight. Mm -hmm. Yep. They always say. I like it. I like it too. You solved it. Yeah, we solved it. There we go. We solved all 16. Now we just have to get on the internet and make it like all truthful and stuff. And like make people believe it. Yeah. We're going to get a lot of hate mail. Hate mail. From park rangers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> park, park lives. Park ranger lives matter. It's like Yogi Bear's going to send us a nasty letter. <laughs> hey, boo-boo. <laughs> you really screwed the pooch this time. <laughs> What's in that picnic basket? Yeah, yeah. A couple heads. Oh, my God. This just took such a dark turn. Love it. As usual. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to be back. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I miss these kinds of really super awesome uplifting conversations with you guys thank god there's no real <laughs> national parks around us right now <laughs> i'm not going anywhere Here. that's awesome well we are a pair of babble and i think uh check us out itunes stitcher yeah, podbean spotify. spotify spotify oh that's right we're on the big boys now mm-hmm. at parababble how do we get it onto the big boys what do they have to do, do we have, is it like the rock and roll hall of fame we have to get selected no i just signed us up 
Yeah, they just also won't let anybody on. Well, no, they just listen to make sure you're not like you know a terrorist. It or... was a long approval process. Yeah, it was. I do remember that because you know when you sent the message out that we're you know part of the big team. Spotify. Yep. But anyhow, like you said, we're out. Data.